0: Welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Samantri. That's me, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about breaking up, relationship advice, dating stories, and personal stories about some of the worst breakups, most embarrassing, or cringiest breakups of all time. So thank you for joining us today, and let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm Michaela, and this is the Breaking Up with Michaela Smuntree podcast. If you are new, this is primarily a dating genre podcast where I talk about different relationship experiences that I've had, any stories, dating advice, and then if I have friends on, sometimes we'll chat about experiences that we've gone through. But more recently, I've tried to integrate more of my life into this podcast about relationships, If that makes any sense. So today, for example, I actually turned to Instagram and asked you what you wanted me to talk more about since I do have a ton of new listeners, which I appreciate so much that you're here. And then I try to tie in the topic that we chat about to my relationship or things that I've gone through. So like last week, if you missed that episode, we talked about the YouTube from a business standpoint and how that all works, how I make money, how I write it off on taxes, brand deals, sponsorships, all of that. And then I talk about how YouTube has impacted my relationships in a positive and negative way. Um, Another example would be like why I'm currently not defining my relationship. Uh, So highly recommend checking out that podcast episode if you missed it because I still do get a ton of questions kind of about what's been going on with my personal relationship uh, life, and I think that episode really does just explain it really well, but today, let me just set the scene a little bit. It is Wednesday night, 9 p.m. I just had a really late dinner, and I am working on a glass of wine because, oh boy, has it been a day, and I think we'll do a little update on that before getting into some exciting topics that you guys want me to chat about, but i have kind of had a really stressful week i'm not sure why and i don't want this to kind of come off in like a weird way but i can't go a day without crying and i don't know if i'm stressed i don't know if it's like hormonal or what but i am just sobbing every single chance i get i've actually started a note on my phone kind of documenting what's been going on the moment that I kind of break down because your girl is in therapy and I'm about to bring this up (laughs) during my next session for sure. Uh, But that being said, I feel like I've just haven't been the strongest this week and I've definitely been a little bit more um, sensitive, I guess. I hate that word because it just has such negative connotations around it. But I am a very sensitive soul and being, so that tends to happen. so today i kind of got into this nice habit of getting up a little earlier working out right away i've been really into running right now so that's been going really well um so i run a couple of miles in the morning come home take a shower eat a decent sized meal whether it's breakfast or lunch i might have like a little bit before i work out and then i'll have like an actual meal afterwards if that makes sense And then after I kind of reset my space, clean a little bit, uh, make my bed, all of that, I get started on my workload for the day, more specifically OnlyFans promos. I try to do as many promotions for you guys as possible. And I literally just sit myself down in front of a computer from about like 1 p.m. until 7 or 8, 9 p.m. until I want to have dinner or decide that I'm done for the day. But it's tough because I am in control of how much money I make off of promos in a day, and so when you are in control of your paycheck, it's really hard to tell yourself that you, you're done, you need to stop, take a break, uh, make money tomorrow, because I just want to go, go, go. So today, for example, I got home after I worked out, I cleaned up my apartment, made my bed, got my workspace all set up, got my um, water bottle, and I was just getting started on OnlyFans promos for today. I had a lot to, that I wanted to do today because I skipped yesterday. It was just a really hard editing and personal day for me. So I was catching up on promos and almost immediately I get this email from Wayfair saying, thank you for your order. I don't order from Wayfair anymore and I definitely did not place an order today. So that freaked me out. I opened it right away and saw that somebody had ordered themselves two nice accent tables for their living room, um, charging my card $406. Luckily, I was able to immediately still access my Wayfair account. They hadn't changed my password. It was still my email. Um, They did change the cell number though, so I needed to verify that I had access to the account. So I needed like a a code sent to my phone. And when they asked for the um, verification code, it had somebody else's phone number in it. So luckily I was able to change that, put my number back and then get the code. Thank God. Like Wayfair is such a piece of shit, honestly, that there is no two factor authentication when you're trying to sign in. The fact that I could hack myself back into my account as easily as I did just means that it was so easy for somebody else to do the same and gain access to my own account. And I know that's how it happened because I I didn't think about it. I mean, I had my wafer account from like two, three years ago and I had a very weak password on it because I for stuff like that, that's not like social media, I don't think about password strengths or at least at the time I didn't. Up like now, I've changed every single password on any shopping website that I've ever ordered anything from. I've gone in, removed all of my cards, addresses, etc. But it's something that you don't necessarily think about when you're trying to protect yourself online. So this person just easily hacked into my account and I had a couple of cards stored on my Wayfair account for um, ordering, just like payments. So this son of a gun just ordered some pieces of living room furniture, charged my card that was on file and then changed the shipping address to their address And thought they were slick, like thought they could get away with it. I'm so confused by that. They did uh, like ship it to my name. So it was addressed to me, but at their address in Ohio. And I'm just so lucky that they sent me that email verification, that they didn't change the email, that I was still able to gain access to it because I was immediately able to cancel my order, ask for a refund, call Wayfair, call my bank and tell them that I did not place that charge, take it off of my bank account. Um, my bank immediately canceled my debit card that was connected to Wayfair and then they shipped out a new card for me. It's just a process of changing all of my card information now because I use that debit card to pay all of my automatic bills. So it's connected to a lot of my um, just like monthly bill statements and stuff that I have to now go in and change. But at the end of the day, like I'm totally okay doing that if it means that my account is like safe. And then I, of course, just deleted all of my saved payment info, got rid of my addresses on there. It just kills me knowing that there's somebody out there that saw such personal information, my cell number, my my home address, my like debit and another card that was on file. It's disgusting. It's disturbing. I don't like it. It just makes you feel icky and so violated inside. So it put me in a really... Um, hard place today, just dealing with that. And then luckily, because this person was so stupid, I'm sorry, I'm not trying, like I'm usually really nice, but this bitch like took my identity. So I think I can call them stupid. Um, Because they ordered furniture to their address, I now have their home address. And because they changed my num- phone number to verify the account, I have their cell number too. So. Luckily, that's more information than most people have, um, than most people have when they are filing for identity, th- identity theft. Oh my gosh, <laughs> half a glass of wine, you guys, and I can't speak. Um, luckily, that is a lot more information than most people have when they are filing for identity theft. So when I called my local police department to report this, the officer that I spoke to was Pleasantly surprised and kept telling me that uh, this is a lot more information than they usually get, so that's really good. And hopefully it is correct. I mean, since they did order furniture, I doubt that it's like a fake address. And since they needed a verification code sent to their phone, I'm pretty sure it's their real cell number. It's just hilarious to me because I caught them immediately. So. I filed it with my local police department because they live in Ohio. The police officers here are sending all of the info to detectives who will contact the department in Ohio and hopefully get a warrant out for that person's arrest. So cheers to justice. I also separately filed an FTC report as well because Google told me that I should, that is for um, fraud and identity theft. I don't know what, FTC stands for off the top of my head, but um I think it's fraud. I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> but I did file that as well because it is frustrating that people think that they can do this and get away with it almost. Um because it's not okay and there should be consequences. This person pretended to be to be me, used my card bought themselves something like even though i got my money back and it was only a couple hundred dollars it's the it's the criminal act of like the injustice here so that is what we are hopefully uh, like dealing with and changing and i feel like i got really lucky knowing their address and phone number so i don't know if i'll get an update the police officer said if they need more information or anything from me that they'll give me a call back but I don't know, he said it was also very likely that I might not know from here on out what happens, which is also fine, but I did everything that I can. And moral of the story is do not save any of your information on any accounts that you have. Like I would rather put in my card information and address every single time I order something now than having someone easily hack me and do this to me or to somebody else. And the amount of people that I've had reply to my story on Instagram today saying that the same thing happened to them makes me so sad and frustrated for them because this shouldn't be happening and it shouldn't be this easy for somebody to do. Unfortunately, it is and it happens a lot, but there are so many precautions that you can take. So just your friendly reminder to check all of your weak passwords and delete any saved card information that you have on like Urban Outfitters or Wayfair or like Amazon, anything like that. So Protect your, check yourself, protect yourself. That's all that I have on that topic. Other than that, my week has been pretty chill and laid back. I know I mentioned in my last week's podcast episode how I may have been exposed to COVID. Keyword is may because we just don't know. Um, I got an email notifying me that somewhere that I had been the week before had a positive COVID test, but I don't know if I came into contact with it personally, so it was a... Kind of questionable encounter, unfortunately, Um, but I still did take precautions and stayed home for that, or for those two weeks, and tried not to go out or expose myself. Like, I can't see my family until Saturday still, because we're doing a two-week quarantine just to be safe. I think I'm okay, but, you know, you just got to do your part when things like this happen. So there really isn't anything too crazy beyond that that's been going on so yeah it's kind of a depressing update i guess for me this week on the bright side i just uploaded a fun video today by the time that you're listening to this i'm doing a fall bedroom makeover it's super fun i basically just transform my bedroom for fall and make it super cute and cozy highly recommend watching that i had such a blast um really getting into the season because personally i do struggle with I like to, I say seasonal sadness because I am hesitant using the word depression. I have been diagnosed with depression in the past before I found out I had bipolar and I know it is a heavy word and I do not want to use it lightly. So I feel like I personally do suffer with seasonal sadness, just trying to um, not fall into a pit of despair every time the seasons change. Like, I freaking love summer. I come alive in summertime. The warm weather, the clothing, just the freedom. I'm a summer baby. I was born in June and I do feel most alive when it's summer or when I'm traveling somewhere that is warm year-round. For example, California, such a happy place of mine. But every time the weather starts to get colder and the days get shorter and I have to bundle up in pants and sweaters, I just lose that spark and I start to feel really sad and not as motivated as I do in the summertime. So I'm starting to try to just dive headfirst into seasons and really commit to them, hoping that I I won't feel sad in them. So me transforming my room and decorating for fall or baking apple apple cider donuts, which were so amazing, Um, but it's little things like that that I'm doing to try to embrace the seasons more instead of just kind of suffering through them because I just would rather try to make them as exciting as I can. Um, They go by fast. I mean, the days go by really fast now, so before I know it, it'll be summer again, but that's pretty much it. I mean, I did bake... Um, baked apple cider donuts this last week. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw those stories, and I did uh, link the recipe that I used. But it was super easy and so delicious, and really fun kind of fall activity that I could do in quarantine. It also made my apartment smell so good, just like freaking fall. Every- oh my gosh, I don't even. It was like the the nutmeg and cardamom and cinnamon and apple cider. It just smelled. It smelled so sweet, so that is my weekly update. So far, let's dive into what you guys really wanted me to talk about today, because like I mentioned earlier, I went to Instagram just to kind of ask for a little direction on this week's podcast episode as to what you want to hear more of. And I did get a lot of people asking about OnlyFans. A question that I saw a lot was how OnlyFans might affect future job opportunities as well as how to get people to keep their renewal on OnlyFans as well. So I want to talk more about these two topics today. And then I also will find a way to tie this back into relationships since this is a dating podcast. But I did want to focus on the question that someone asked about how OnlyFans might affect future job opportunities. Because if you remember... In last week's episode, I talked about how Shelby Church interviewed me for her OnlyFans documentary and how excited I was for it to come out. It still hasn't come out yet, but I was talking about it with some friends of mine because I will be honest and say that I am a little hesitant or concerned when it does come out just because I don't really know her her perspective on it as a whole yet and i'm not sure what direction her documentary will take she did ask a lot of neutral questions or questions that seem fine but there were definitely a few questions that she asked me where if she just includes those it could lead the project to have a more negative look on only fans which i'm not for um, I doubt that's what she's doing. Like I trust her as a creator and I trust her content for her to be accepting and not do that. But she definitely asked some hard questions, and I don't want to give it away because I feel like it might be confidential, but she did ask some questions that I will address in today's podcast episode about, you know, like future job opportunities or anything in the future, like what this might do to that. And because I was put on the spot for the interview, I don't think I gave the proper answer that I would give now. And I'm I'm excited to make my reaction video to her documentary, actually, because there's so much more that I need to add and I'm excited to kind of say more about it now. But um, I definitely get the question of how OnlyFans might affect future jobs or if people should have an OnlyFans because they're in school and they want to get a job afterwards or they have a day job and they get an OnlyFans and they're worried that their employer might find out. Or I got a question a couple weeks ago asking if OnlyFans shows up on background checks, which I mean, I feel like most people know this, but background checks are for legal or illegal things. So if you've ever been arrested or gotten a DUI or have like um, a sex pedophile thing, you know, like that shows up on background checks, your social media accounts definitely do not. However, this should not go without saying that it is definitely very likely that people could find out you have an OnlyFans and there could be precautions and consequences for that depending on your company or who you're working for. My biggest piece of advice that I have said since the beginning is if you are worried about your identity, don't use your identity. Create a stage name, create like a fake identity almost to remain anonymous. Choose not to show your face or any identifying tattoos. Be aware of the background in photos or videos that you choose so that in case any of them get leaked, you can say, that's not me, or be like, how can you prove that's me? There's, my face isn't in it, no tattoos, it's a blank wall. You know, make it very unidentifiable in that way. I know a lot of girls that wear masks or wigs or just find ways to create that persona that isn't them. So if anybody knows them in real life, they may not necessarily know that that is them online. I actually talk a lot about this in my biggest mistakes I made when starting OnlyFans video that I posted because a big mistake that I made was using my full name. I just didn't really know the platform when I created my account and. I just thought it was like any other social media platform. I should use my full name, make it identifiable. It was really kind of stupid of me. But yeah, biggest tip is if you're worried that it might affect future jobs, don't use your name. I think that's the easiest way just to make it hidden. It would be very unlikely if you have a stage name and hide your identity for your employer to find it unless they they're subscribed unless they're a fan like OnlyFans is set up so that you can't really search it unless they have your link. I'm not saying it's foolproof. I mean, I definitely have seen a few articles on Twitter and stuff within these last few months of like teachers caught with OnlyFans or like teacher's student finds her OnlyFans account and stuff like that. So it does happen, but there are steps that you can take to prevent it from happening. And if you're concerned that it might affect future job opportunities, just do yourself a favor now and protect yourself and keep OnlyFans as a separate stage name side gig. I think it's pretty simple um, to create an account, have like your, like verify it with your real information, but come up with a cute, like a stripper name, you know? This is just like in seventh grade or not even seventh grade, but like the early Tumblr days or even... um. I'm sure it's still a thing online, but you'll like, there are so many things that I saw on Tumblr where it's like, Your the street that you grew up on and the name of your family's first pet is your stripper name or something like that. So this is just your online stripper name persona and you don't have to show your face. You don't have to do anything that you were uncomfortable doing. Nobody is forcing you to do that. Do not do something that you were uncomfortable with. Make sure you have boundaries for yourself and just understand the, the cons- potential consequences that are at hand with OnlyFans. But I mean, short answer, no, I don't think OnlyFans will negatively affect future job opportunities unless your employer knows how to dig online and uncover your OnlyFans account. I also think it's becoming super, super common for people to have one and, Let's say just because you have an OnlyFans account, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily posting nudes. It doesn't mean that you're making sex tapes or posting pornography, you know? Like, I have an OnlyFans account, but I'm not posting sex tapes. I'm not posting what Trisha Paytas had leaked to the internet this week. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to anybody that saw that photo. Um, it's There are so many details. I mean, it it just it reminds me of when my extended family somehow found out I had an OnlyFans account and then told my siblings who told my parents that I was doing porn. And it's like, no, I'm definitely not. And that's the misconception that comes with having an OnlyFans account. That's the misconception that comes with um, like, just OnlyFans itself, really, because there's so much more that you can be posting. And let's look at society as a whole real quick and think about The content that we see on magazines, the content that we see on Instagram from celebrities, I mean, Kendall Jenner, like Kylie Jenner, any of the Kardashians really, they could post a full ass nude on Instagram and maybe blur out some details because of Instagram's rules and everyone would say, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful, Kim broke the internet, like... Kendall's perfect, like Kendall will be on magazine covers showing her nipples, and I, I'll see shoots like that, and society will say, wow, that's beautiful, or like think about any celebrity that's been on any magazine cover, really. That is considered social socially acceptable, but here I am doing similar content on OnlyFans, and why isn't it the same like response? It, it is a double-edged sword here. Or at least a double standard is what I'm trying to say. Because when I started my OnlyFans account, I was simply thinking of the the lewd flirtatious content that Tana Mojo, Corinna Comp, like Kylie and Kendall post, and like very similar assets to that, where it might not be necessarily straight up nudes or porn, and yet we see nothing wrong with when they post that, so why is it an issue if I'm going to post that as well on a platform? Like, there isn't an issue. There shouldn't be at all. So even if, like, a future job finds out you have an OnlyFans, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are posting nudes. I know people that have an OnlyFans for, like, psychic readings or dances or, like, online stripping right now because strip clubs are closed for COVID. Like, There are just so many different things you can have on your account, so it is something to consider. I mean, personally, when I receive this question, like in interviews that I've done where people have asked, like, what about the future? Like, what if you want to get a job? How do you think this will affect it? This is my job right now, and I don't think I will be doing anything but social media or whatever that brings. I mean, obviously... And being very very caref- careful because you never want to just assume that anything is going to be around forever i mean look at vine tiktok right now is hanging on by a thread and there were a lot of creators on vine that paid their bills through vine and when vine disappeared they scrambled together a youtube channel or so- like a podcast or something to hopefully transfer their audience to another platform and still gain some revenue the biggest thing that i learned as a creator within these last few years especially when the pandemic hit is to have your eggs in as many baskets as possible diversify your income have as many streams of revenue that you can currently i have about 14 streams of revenue so that if one of them god forbid like no longer works out i'll be okay and there are a lot of things that you can do to work on increasing your passive income and that is something that Because of my OnlyFans success this last year, I've been able to focus on. It's something that I'd say isn't like a first priority when it comes to money. But if you hit a point where you have a little extra money to put aside, definitely consider investing or the stock market or even placing the majority of your money that you have into a high yield annual interest. savings account that just has interest rates up to like 1% so that you can just earn money passively, basically just money making money at that point. Um, What else? I feel like there are some more passive ways. Um, I started my retirement fund this year because I don't have an employer, so I don't have a 401k. And I got to a place where I was able to do so, even if you are just like putting away a little bit every single month. Having a Roth IRA account, basically, that's for like self employment. If you don't have a 401k, you can like have your own retirement account. That is, um, you, send, I'm just going to say it because I didn't know this until this year. So if this is common knowledge, like just. Just ignore it. But, like a Roth IRA is essentially another form of how you can invest in stocks. And then your account where you're investing in stocks is your retirement fund. Um, so, it's another way for me to buy some shares and then use that money that I earn through the stock market as my retirement fund that I can't touch until a certain year or until a certain amount of years have passed. So,. I don't really think I'll ever be in a spot where I'm scrambling to get some job and then be like, oh darn, I had an OnlyFans, so I can't be employed. Because even in college, I was a server. I like I waitressed for two and a half years and you can make bank as a server. I would walk out with hundreds of dollars a night. You could make over like two thousand dollars in a week if you work hard. If you go to like a bougier restaurant where like the average bill comes out to a couple hundred bucks, you could walk out with probably over a thousand dollars in a night. So, there are no requirements to being a server. If you've ever worked in the restaurant industry, you know there is an eclectic bunch of people that work in... I just hit my microphone, so I don't know if you just heard a big noise. Sorry. Um... (laughs) But you know, there's like an eclectic, diverse amount of people that work in the restaurant industry, and it's usually pretty crazy. I mean, the movie Waiting is just hilarious, and I think it does a really good job at highlighting (laughs) the restaurant life. But um, yeah, I mean, worst comes to worst, start serving cocktail waitress. Like, you make bank as a bartender. So get people drunk, and you'll be fine. (laughs) Work off tips. It's totally like manageable. I don't think I'll ever regret having an OnlyFans account. And I also have a college degree, and that is something that I do get asked a lot, where it's like, what about school? And it's like, well, I'm 25. Like, I went to school, and I got a bachelor degree. I was going to go on for my master's. But at that point, YouTube was taking off. I was doing just fine. I wanted to really pursue social media, and I'm so glad that I did. So I do have a degree, just in case. And if I need to use it or if I want to, it's there. I don't think I necessarily will. Getting a degree was super, super important to me as an accomplishment. And then also just to be the first person in my immediate family to graduate from college. You know, I come from an immigrant family. I don't really talk about that a lot. But my dad immigrated to America when he was nine and neither one of my parents have a bachelor's degree. So it was super important to me that I kind of keep that American dream alive and pursue my degree. I mean, I dropped out temporarily and it definitely wasn't easy, but I'm so glad that I finished and did get that degree for that accomplishment to make my family proud to have it. Because being the firstborn child into my, and this is something I've never talked about online, honestly, but being the firstborn child into my family when my parents were very, very young, my mom was only 20 when she was pregnant with me and she didn't have a college education and like i said my dad immigrated here it was very very tough and i was around for a lot of their struggles before they became a lot more secure and stable and my siblings were born and my siblings childhoods were all so vastly different than mine just because nobody was around when my parents were as young as they were i mean heck i'm 25 now And when my mom was 25, she had two kids, bought her second home, was in school and working full time. I am only working full time, and I'm stressed out and crying every day. So I just can't imagine how she did it. But why did I get on this tangent? Oh my gosh. I don't really remember. Sorry. But my point being, going to college was really important to me for all of the sacrifices that my parents made to get me on that path to better my education and hopefully go to college because they didn't. Um, Yeah. So that was really long-winded. But moral of the story being, I don't think OnlyFans directly affects future job opportunities. I think there are ways around this and you are in control of your future. So if you are concerned, like, if you're going down a specific path, like, maybe if you want to run for president someday, don't have an OnlyFans, you know, but if, <laughs> if you want to be a tattoo artist and live in, like, New York City, I think you'd be fine, and I think society is changing, and we are getting more and more accepted, or we are accepting um, different types of jobs more and more i mean i've been able to talk to so many people within these last few months about OnlyFans and the sex industry and just shedding some light on that in a positive way i mean there's so much judgment and shame and initial assumptions made about the sex industry and i don't necessarily like consider myself being part of it but i do dabble on OnlyFans. you know i may not show x y and z but i definitely show some things and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's empowering. It's my own body, and like I've been saying this whole year, if you got it, monetize it, and this is something that I was not ashamed to do because heck yeah, like if I got it, I'm gonna like monetize what you got and seize every opportunity instead of like waiting for an opportunity to arrive. Maybe it's time to make your own opportunity and I personally before the pandemic hit, like back when we were. When we were rooting for 2020, I made a resolution that this year I would make my own opportunities, and I feel like I have really lived up to that, and I have made so many opportunities for myself, and I continue to do so, but if you are kind of leaning towards that more creative path, I don't really see anything wrong with having an OnlyFans, but it does just depend on what you're hoping that your future job opportunity may be someday, so this is something to consider, but... Hopefully those precautions that I mentioned earlier about just changing your name, not using your real name, finding a way to cut out any identifying features and photos that you use. You can, like, it's the internet. A lot of people pretend to be someone that they're not. I mean, heck, today someone pretended to be me and ordered themselves some furniture. So it happens all the time. If you want to pretend that your name is Scarlett and you're a redhead who loves BDSM, meanwhile, you could be like, A blonde bookworm who's very vanilla, like, go for it. Have that separate identity online. Make your bank. Nobody's stopping you. And what's awesome is if they come looking, like, they're looking for that redhead scarlet, not the blonde haired bookworm. So I know that was like a very weird comparison, but I hope that made a little bit of sense. Um, Because I never want someone to miss out on something that may change their life because they're afraid. And looking back, like, when I signed up for OnlyFans, I had no idea that that night would change my life. And I firmly believe that that was the moment my life changed because so many things now would just not be possible without OnlyFans. And I'm so grateful for everything that has happened since making that first video about OnlyFans, since making my account, since going for it. And... I mean, I've made so many more connections and friends with amazing women that just support each other from around the whole world. And like heck, I've been able to participate in Shelby Church's video. I mean, I'm going on somebody's podcast tomorrow morning and we're talking about OnlyFans and I'm helping out this girl with her college documentary about OnlyFans. So it's just been really awesome to be able to talk about this to so many different people and people in the community about it. So. This is something I'm passionate about, and I just want to make sure that it's not seen. Like I, don't, like I said, there are just so many preconceived judgments about it, so I want to do my part to hopefully shed some light on OnlyFans for what it really is and what it can do. I think I just spent 30 minutes talking about one question that someone had. Let me quickly take a sip of my wine. Okay. Um the next thing that someone asked was how to get people to keep their renewal on on OnlyFans. So, I don't have much to say about this, but I do often get this question where people ask, you know, how do you get people to stay? I've like managed to get fans, but nobody is renewing their subscription, everyone's leaving, like I'm doing all of these things and I can't keep my fans. I think the biggest thing that a fan or a supporter wants is to be noticed, to feel important, to be heard. If you communicate with them in the DMs, make sure that they are wanted there, and if they like your company, I feel like I feel like that would make them want to stay. And I personally send out mass DMs a lot. Probably like once a well, once a week doesn't sound like a lot, but. I'll send out massive texts on OnlyFans with new content, and I try to respond to a lot of people that message me. Because of my platform, it can be really hard to keep up, and if someone is being rude or disrespectful, obviously I will not give them the time of day. But if there are people that are nice, I will definitely let them know that... I respect that. I support that. Thank you for being here. Like I appreciate you supporting me. Always saying thank you or you're welcome or asking, How are you? How's your day? A lot of, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions here, but a lot of guys that subscribe to their own your OnlyFans accounts are just lonely and they just want someone to give them attention. I mean, it's quarantine right now. They might be living alone. They might be unhappy. I mean, oh my God. I got this message from this guy on OnlyFans who he was really sweet and he like sent over some photos of him which were like so normal you know like facebook type of photos just so that i would know who i'm talking to on the other side and he mentioned how he was like unhappy in his marriage right now and just wants to talk to someone i don't support cheating and all that stuff like it it definitely makes me feel icky but i can't control if someone in his situation is going to subscribe to my only fans and like be there um I will not meddle and like get into that, but I just know that I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, It's a tough line because I'm there, I'm doing my business, like I'm making my money. I don't know where these guys are coming from or their backgrounds. And it's just an example of how a lot of the times these people just want to be heard. They just want to feel important and that you care about them. So really establishing those relationships and keeping up with your subscribers and showing them that you appreciate them, I think that goes a long way. So definitely make sure that you are saying thank you and I appreciate you and sending out little treats in the DMs and keeping up with them makes a big difference and will keep that renewal on rather than off. Granted, if your price is really high and they feel like they're not getting their money's worth, that's a different story. But if you feel like you are doing everything right and you can't keep a subscriber, maybe consider that. All right, what else do we have? Someone asked me if I enjoy doing my podcast. I freaking love it. This is such a fun, unfiltered platform that I have. Like, I don't have to edit it, I don't have to worry about the thumbnail or like the aesthetic of any feed. I get to basically just vent in my PJs once a week for an hour. And for some reason, you guys love it. So, thank you. Um, yeah, I got a lot of, like, other kind of, like, random questions, but I kind of want to keep this podcast on on a specific topic per episode, so if you're not following me already on Instagram, definitely follow me at mckk 17 I need to change it, but that's been my nickname since high school, mkk, and I got really attached to the handle, so I don't know if... It's going to be hard, but I know that there will come a day where I need to change my Instagram handle to, like, my, my name of some sort, but... My wine is almost gone, so that's how I know it is time to go. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, I was going to add a little bit more about like my relationship, but we're almost to 45 minutes at this point. I guess I will kind of just touch on how OnlyFans like, impacted my relationship, because I do get questions about what my boyfriend thought or anything like that. And I will say I had a very positive situation um and i i don't think this is like everybody's experience unfortunately but i got really really lucky and i essentially told my boyfriend at the time about only fans and this girl that i knew like she made three thousand dollars in a week before i even like told him what i wanted to do because i was going to ask what he thought about it i wasn't going to be like yeah i'm doing this now I wanted to get his opinion because we were a team. We were in it together and I didn't want to do something that he wasn't okay with. But as soon as I mentioned how much this other girl made, he immediately asked me or didn't even ask. He immediately said, oh my God, you should do that. And it was such a great moment because it wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, one of my ex-boyfriends got so, he was not this ex, a different ex was like so jealous, easily jealous, very, very insecure. and. I like showed this old ex a screenshot of somebody that wanted to buy my socks off of Snapchat, and they were willing to pay me $80 for a pair of worn socks. And I was like, at the time, I mean, that's a lot of money regardless, but at the time, that would have helped me so much. And I showed it to him, and he was so disgusted and disturbed. And he was like, I don't want anyone jerking off to you. Like, you're my girlfriend or whatever. And I was like, dude, I don't care. Like, it was annoying how upset that made him. So I was kind of expecting the worst when I told my boyfriend at the time about OnlyFans, but luckily he was very, very supportive and told me to go for it. And I was able to smile and say, like, yeah, I actually created an account. It's just waiting to be verified. I wasn't going to post anything before talking to you. But he was very supportive and he continued to be so throughout our relationship. You know, that was never something that was an issue. We definitely had some serious issues that um i've talked about before uh regarding kind of like what happened and why i'm iffy about it but OnlyFans was never part of it it was never something that got between us i mean at some points i think he definitely felt a little left out so we came up with a plan that every time i post something on OnlyFans, i just send him a copy of it via text or i just show him a screenshot so that he also has copies so that he gets the same photo so that he Because at some point he was like, wow, like, should I subscribe? Like, what are you posting? I want to see. So I was like, no, don't waste your money. Like, I'll just send it to you so you can see it as well. And we came up with that game plan. But yeah, luckily he was very supportive and that had, it was never something negative in our relationship. If anything, it was great because I was able to help out a lot more with date nights or bills or taking him out for dinner rather than it always being the other way around which he never complained about doing he was always very gracious about that and i'm grateful that he was always so sweet and paid for a lot of dates um and took and took care of me but um yeah i mean the bigger issues definitely had to do with like what we wanted in life not what i was doing online so All right. With all of that being said, I think I'm going to wrap up this week's podcast episode, but thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that you're here. Don't forget to leave a five-star review of this podcast. Subscribe, rate, follow whatever platform you were using to listen to this podcast do so and don't forget, I do have a podcast, Instagram. It's called Podcast. Definitely follow that and I'll see you, oh, and watch my new YouTube video today because I'm really excited about it, but I'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Have a wonderful week, bye. In case you didn't know, this podcast officially has merch. If you like the Breaking Up podcast logo, then you'll love the hoodies, t-shirts, phone cases, mugs, socks, like you name it, that we have available for purchase. I felt super inspired by my creation of the logo with the hand squeezing the heart that I wanted to make some collections of merchandise. So definitely check it out. I tried really hard to design something for everyone. So there are a lot of options, colors, sizes, styles. We have pastels. We have an after dark collection of just all black with white text and logo for more of a minimalistic or emo vibe, which I love. Some have the logo printed small and subtle and other pieces have it in the middle. I just really tried to find something that anyone and everyone could enjoy. Definitely check it out and see for yourself. You can shop the Breaking Up merchandise at teespring.com slash store Michaela dash or I know it's a lot easier to just click a link, so that will be in the podcast description as well. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well, and even on the podcast's Instagram at breakingup_podcast in the description of that account. I have a coupon code for you listeners too. So if you use the code BREAKINGUP in all caps, you'll receive 15% off of your total purchase. This is another great way to show your support of the podcast. Even if you just give it a glance, I'd really appreciate it. So go check out my merch. This podcast wouldn't be made possible without listeners like you. And if you want to get more involved to help support the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash Michaela and click the support button. It only takes a couple seconds, but your donation can really help sustain the future of this podcast. So if you want to support the show and get more involved, consider becoming a listener supporter today. If you want to get involved, have feedback, or perhaps your own story you'd like to share, please email me at breakingupwithmikayla at gmail.com, or you can reach out to any of my social media and send me a DM. I'm always looking for future guests, so if you want to save your story for an episode to guest star on, be sure to mention that in your message as well. Don't forget to leave five stars, subscribe, and have a nice day.